You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now let's get started. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about something I actually have a lot of passion about. It's um, it's job descriptions. Um, I know, I know you're all laughing with me as I'm laughing at me saying that job descriptions are near and dear to my heart, but they, they actually for a, a small business, medium, even a large business, they're way, they are way more important than I think any of us are giving weight to. Um, and so today we're going to talk about the importance of them, how they can help you. Uh, we're actually going to take on a specific question where we get the, you know, it's not my job uh, um, response from an employee and how to handle that and, and, and why they're saying that to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I bring Allie D over from Cedar uh, and sh- she's just knows a lot about job descriptions and is constantly helping us keep them updated and stuff. So enjoy today's podcast as I, as I uh, uh, go into uh, the importance of job descriptions. All right. So, uh, you know, today's topic is obviously going to be job descriptions. Um, Allie, let's, let's just kind of jump in here because I, I I think the premise for, you know, for this, uh, for this podcast, what the hell just happened in HR is that uh, you told, you're talking with an employee and you're trying to work through things with them and they say those words to you. And those words are what? That's not my job. That's not my job. It's not my job description. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a sign, a little bit of a, can be a sign of overwhelm, mm-hmm. um, but it can be a sign of all kinds of other things too that are going on, but it highlights the importance of having a job description in the first place. Yeah, because having that job description is going to be the easiest and most direct way you can immediately deal with that problem. Yeah. There may be other elements that will involve further conversation and right. we can, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that job description is kind of point number one. So we pulled out, um, we pulled out a ask me anything kind of question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you mind reading it? Just kind yeah. of, just give everybody to, let's put, let's, let's, we're okay. This is, this uh, also kind of goes with backstage HR, our new software, mm-hmm. you know, and how we're naming it. So we're setting the lights. The stage yeah, is coming up. We're setting the stage. The microphone's on. Boom. You, the spotlight comes on and action. <laughs> <laughs> Picturing like a front office. Yeah. Employee walks in. Yeah. So, um, this employer has a fairly new employee. Things are not really going how they'd hoped. Um, this employer says, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job at trying to address the issues and their performance as they come up. However, it's getting exhausting as it seems that one thing, as it seems like as one thing corrects, the employee is somehow able to fall short in another area. Right. I can tell the employee is getting frustrated because today when I pointed it out, pointed out that she needed to fill in whenever she saw a need and she could have walked a patient back. Yeah. She said those words. That that's is not, not my that's job. That's not my job. Um, the problem here is that that employee was cross-trained on that very job last week and it's all over our, our culture discussion regarding putting the patient experience first and helping one another out. Wow. Well, they brought in the culture thing too, which mm-hmm. I like a lot. Yeah. Um, and it plays a, that plays an important role 
element I think it does. in this conversation. Yeah. 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 So look, the first thing uh, in a very literal sense is that we've never written a job description that doesn't include the, the bullet point and anything else that we assigned you and need mm -hmm. you to do. Um, you know, also the problem with this kind of mentality is, is it uh, prevents growth and, and advancement and improvement mm -hmm. at an individual level with employees. If somebody's in a mindset where they're only going to do what they've been told to do or whatever's on their job, whatever's in their job description, then they're probably not going to go the extra mile. It, I think it prevents advancement, but it also can make the employee's job harder. Yeah. Like if their job description, you know, if they say my job description says I'm only meant to answer phones, sometimes answering that phone call involves that employee Doing going somewhere else. else to find out information. And it can be a real detriment to even getting the job that you say you're supposed right. to be doing if you're not, you know, taking the initiative to explore a little more. And, and while a job description should be um, comprehensive, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the, in the podcast today, um, it can't be exhaustive. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not meant to list every single thing that you might have to do. Yeah. Uh, but but for me, this triggers a little bit of an emotion <clears throat> for me because I kind of think as soon as an employee says something like that, I've, um, well, these are the emotions it triggers. The first one is self examination as a manager, and am I micromanaging this employee so hard that they're constantly in a defense mode, and those words come out of their mouth because they're being defensive because you're micromanaging them. You're not constructively giving them redirection mm -hmm. and saving all of your thoughts and stuff to address them in a constructive way during one-on-ones. It's like every time they do something, you have something to say about how they could approve, improve upon what they've done. Well, you should expect to hear this come out of a new employee's mm -hmm. mouth at some point, um, I, I think. So first level is to look at it from a micromanaging standpoint. Is this my fault as a manager and, and my style? Um, you know, but once I hear it come from someone, then I begin to worry that I've messed up in hiring and that I haven't gotten a person who fits our culture, right? Yeah. Like they've done, they're not going to go the extra <clears throat> mile. They're not going to spot things and just take care of them. Or that they don't value working uh, they don't see value in working as a team right. for the team right yeah. right right so they just kind of focus on the job description um you know ali i kind of want to, I, I have a lot of passion around this thing about around job descriptions because it's essentially it's it's kind of like a checklist yeah right like a lot of, a lot of people are like oh job descriptions do we have to talk about that because i hand them out and then i never look at them again or the employee never looks at them again i don't even know where they are and and I understand all those things. I, I do understand that sentiment. Um, but I, I, I believe that you're doing yourself a disservice as a, as a small to medium or even a giant business to not be going back and revisiting your job descriptions every now and then. And then as an HR professional, if you're listening to us as an HR professional right now, or the office manager who also has the HR responsibilities, or the owner who also has those responsibilities, I just want to kind of give you a quick list of not everything – that a job description can help you deal with, but I kind of want to go through this 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 thing with y'all. So, um, let's start when um, someone asks for any kind of an accommodation. So, this is a medical accommodation. Um, we're not going to go all the way down the rabbit hole, all the kinds of accommodations that could be yeah. uh, uh, brought to you, but you use the job description, um, uh, particularly a lot of times the physical parts of the yeah. job, of the job description, uh, to uh, send it to the doctor to be able to return someone to duty. So yeah. it's very, very important that you have it. It's part of the interactive process. It is. And it makes it a lot harder when you don't have that because then you're kind of left scrambling to think, uh, well, what are you 
What are you asking me? You might possibly be responsible for this and you might possibly be responsible for that and makes it a little messy. Well, even at a workman's comp level, if someone comes back in before they should and they get re-injured on the job, it is now your problem. So these are all things that you, this is one of those things that you use a job description for. And and a very real example of it is just return to work from maternity duty. Mm -hmm. We've had more than one uh, mom want to return to work immediately or as soon as possible. And the reason why is because she has no income coming in. There's very few um, instances in this country, and it's usually by state, whereby there can be any kind of support for someone yeah. who goes out of work to, ha- to have a child. So she's trying to come back to work as quickly as possible because she needs to pay her bills. And, um, and you, you know, as an employer, you want her to return, but you don't want her to return too soon. So you send her out for fitness for duty. And well, you know, we have a lot of instances where the doctor's like, no, 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 yeah. no. That was, that, that was a, you know, that was a tough delivery. I think you shouldn't mm-hmm. go back to work. Your job is to stand. You're supposed to lift things here. And, you know, you kind of go down, he goes down or she goes down. The doctor goes down that list with the patient, mm-hmm. your employee and, and says, yeah, I can't, I can't return you to, to your job right now. Yeah. You know? And that can, that protects the employee and it protects the office. It, your, do, it your does yeah. not, not helpful for the income uh, solution, but that's a, that's another discussion. So, um, um, I, another way we use job descriptions is to write job ads. So if you'd like to ask for someone to fill a, a position at your company, it'd be a good idea if your job descriptions played a role in your understanding mm-hmm. what it is that you should be communicating out yeah. to um, the people who may want to apply. It's, a, it's also a way that you would uh, – one of the ways that you would fight an unemployment claim. You could actually say – I, you know, they could say, no, this was constructive discharge, yada, yada, yada. They did this. They were retaliating. You know, it, people bring all kinds of accusations, those things. And your job your, – your reason for terminating someone can simply be they weren't able to do the job and then you can use a job description in that. Um, let's see. Uh, soft skills. I put soft skills in here. There's, there are a lot of skill sets within uh, the job descriptions that we write, and it begins to go ahead and communicate something else, some other level of importance yeah. about how you do your job. So it's kind of the cultural stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and being able to communicate and do stuff like that. Um, believe it or not, um, um, w- w- when you do a job description and you uh, place uh, education or an experience requirement in it, it's part of a background check because now they're saying they're representing that they have these things that mm-hmm. you require of them. It was in the job description. It was in the job ad. And now in a background check, you discover that they don't have those things. So again, the job description, ta-da, it comes up again. <laughs> it will help you create skill testing. Uh, you, you know, obviously you want to skill test against the primary functions yeah. and stuff that you have to do um, for the job. Um, I, I think in, in, it is also a um, – it's also kind of a checklist of the position for the manager. Like every time you go to refill the position, at least every time you go to refill yeah. the position, you should stop and look at the job description and see if it's still accurate. How yeah. do you, did you add more things to it? Did you take something away? Did you reassign it? Yeah. That was a ton of information, and I think employers often overlook what usually one one sheet of paper, one list, right, really encompasses all of that. And there's 10 more things that that job description can do. I'm just not going to go down that whole list. But I, I, you know, for everybody who's listening, for our one listener in in, uh, North Carolina, I hope that was helpful for him. Um, All right, so... What do we do about this person who's just communicated to us that this is not their job, you know? Yeah. So like I said, I mean, the job description 
is, you can is come the back, first yeah. point, of, point of access. So um, you have a conversation with the employee. Yep. And one of the... Uh, it might have not been here, but we've had a similar ticket where the the employee said, "Well, you know, none of that was discussed in my job interview." Right, and that's that's kind of what you mentioned, having the job description, but then you know, adding and any other duties that may come up under this position. Right, um, it's entirely not possible to be sitting in a job interview and list out everything that they may an employee is ever going to be responsible for. Yeah, that's that's simply not going to happen. So, uh, you know, really what you have is first you want to look at your own style of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, are you over managing this person and, and they're being defensive and saying that's not, you know, you never communicated to me that that's what I need to do. Um, I, the other thing is, is like we just said, that it's there's th this to me a lot of times is kind of a cultural issue. And it's something that you uh, need to kind of nip right now and address and say, you know, that's we, we just don't use that language. Yeah. Here. If you things. if you want to come to me and tell me you're overworked, you're overwhelmed, you don't have training on it, you don't understand how to do it, you uh, uh, you feel like it's somebody else's job and they're not doing it. And therefore, it's falling on you, which, yeah. you know, we were talking before the podcast. You pointed that out. That's a really good, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is about uh, trying to teach your employees to use their words in a, in a very um, objective way as opposed to a subjective way. Subjective is that's not in my job description. That's not my job. Objectively, I'm, I, look, I get it. But I don't even know how to do that. Right. No one's ever taught me how to do that. Um, I didn't want to walk her back because the last time I walked a patient back, I got yelled at and told it wasn't my job. Yeah. And um, or like you were saying, Sally's supposed to walk them back. I've walked back pa the past 20 patients. What's going on? Like, where is the person we're who's Sally. supposed to be doing this? Yeah. 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 So uh, it's it's not always a it's, it's sometimes it's you. Yeah, you know, yeah. just it's you, listeners. You as a leader, as a manager, you 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 really still want to hear what people are saying, but you know, when they use it as a as they kind of weaponize it and point it at you, then I you know I that, that's a, that's a different story. Sometimes it is the employee. Yeah. Sometimes it's you, but sometimes yeah. sometimes it is the employees who who really does not want to take any steps outside of the you know yeah. A, B, and C that they think that they're yeah. um, <clears throat> responsible for, but. You really won't get to the bottom of that without having that conversation with the yep. employee. Um, and, you know, we kind of playfully say, have a heart to heart. But that's kind of it that's is. kind of really what it is, because you're saying that's not my job. Tell me why can, you think that's not your job. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of a it can be a kind of a detrimental phrase to yeah. use, like you said. So, yeah. What what are you feeling? Are yeah. you feeling like you don't oh, have the tools. Are I just heard a collective yeah. groan out there in podcast world where you said, ask them how they're feeling. <laughs> Do you, this is not what doctors and office managers typically typically want to lead with. But this might be a good place to actually say, why? Yeah. okay, let's break down what you just said. And you don't have to use those exact words. Uh -huh. Yeah, you don't need to ask how they're feeling. You don't Share need to pull feelings. in the couch for them to lay down and uh -huh. you're sitting behind them. Um, but that open line of communication is really what's going to yeah. help get to any point to solving it. Um, you know, another point here to make is when they say that you need to hear it. Like I think I said it before, you want to take into account maybe that they are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it is somebody else's job that's not getting done. So, you know, I think that's a very important point to be made. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. I don't want to take people's too much people's time today in the podcast. I did want to kind of run down where I think and what we believe should be in a job description, just like the category headers, mm -hmm. right? I think it'd be helpful maybe for people who are listening. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, and we see a lot of really poorly written uh, job descriptions out there. Um, if, if anybody hears a dog in, in the background, that's just what goes on here. That's our new hire. That's our new hire. <laughs> I know. Corrective action. We're going to yeah. go out there right now. Um, so a job description starts with a uh, position summary. You want to list the primary functions of the position of the job. You want to um, ask, you know, make sure that they have, ex uh, you place that experience and education thing in there that was in the job ad, because this is another opportunity for them to um, attest that they have these things so that when you do the background check, you know, you have something to lean on there. Um, then there's duties and responsibilities, which I don't want you to get confused with the primary functions of the position. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, there's the essential functions, which is what we refer to internally as the soft skills. These are the things that you must be able to do. And that, that includes to be able to articulate, to be able to travel 25% of the time, if that's right. part of the job, to be able to be able, uh, let's say I said to articulate, uh, to, to lift over 50 pounds or whatever. 20 pounds, yeah. if yeah. that's what the job mm -hmm. is, or, um, you know, write well, uh, communicate well over the phone, must be able to memorize scripts, mm -hmm. uh, must be able to follow uh, sequencing and, and uh, follow SOPs. You know, these are all kind of soft functions, mm -hmm. uh, but essential for, for the position. Um, it, you know, as we wrap up today's podcast, I don't know that job descriptions is the most exciting topic on the face of the earth, but it's like the most overlooked for small businesses. Um, the last little nugget that I'll give you is that uh, you'll hear me talk about this occasionally, especially when we're talking about HR strategic planning, which is taking an inventory of what everybody's doing. Uh, an inventory uh, looks something like this. Um, you're putting everybody's name on a board. You're putting all the things that have to get done in the business uh, in another column. When I say on the board, I picture whiteboard, everybody. Sure. And, um, and then you're matching up who's doing what, where, and then you're looking at the skill sets of the people that you've assigned to things. A lot of people get assigned responsibilities based off of their availability mm -hmm. as opposed to their past training, their experience. Um, the other thing that it's based off of uh, that you awfully do, uh, always do is need, is yeah. immediate need. We immediately need this. Pick somebody. You're standing there. You look like you could do this. Let's give this to you. So when you take an, an overall kind of inventory of what everybody's doing, um, I, I got to tell you, if you do it every three years, you're probably going to end up changing job descriptions for some people and mm -hmm. realigning what people are doing and also realizing where someone's overloaded and also realizing where you're asking someone to do something that they shouldn't be doing. And doing going through that inventory is what can help employers not reach the point where they oh, have yeah. one or multiple employees yeah. saying, that's not my job. Yeah, that's no, not my job. Yeah. So... Um, what the hell just happened in HR? Someone told you that's not my job, and it set me off. <laughs> not you off. It set me off when they said it. Um, uh, Allie, thanks. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Paul. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.